Good evening. Good, good morning. Good day. Yeah, depending on what time it is where you're listening. We are bad dads. We have no particularly clever intro because Riggs, who does all our introing, has disappeared on holiday. Mm. He says he's on holiday. Yeah. Gone somewhere. He did say the other day that he fucked a goat. Mm. So, yeah. busman's holiday. <laughs> if you've never listened to Bad Dads, this is the kind of content you get to enjoy over the next 90 minutes or so. We review movies that we, we missed movies. out we, we spoil, spoil them that's what i feel is a good one we do and uh, we probably spoil podcasts for most <laughs> people as well but we're talking about the movies we missed when bringing up our kids and we sometimes talk about the kids tv that we've have yeah, to endure we've got both of those today we've yeah. also got a top five we had a top five last week which was movie vampires oh we had loads of we did but the best one was jeff kitchen who, what did jeff say he came in strong with blade he really liked blade <gasps> you good liked that as well you did we? but good old jeff eh? he's solid he never lets us down so blade is in howie did you watch anything particularly interesting this week i went to the cinema like everybody else mainly because last week's podcast featured the fact that there was a spoiler for the bond film so i went right before i listen to the podcast i need to go and see the bond film took my kids and we just spoke about this it's the first bond film to have an f-bomb you know? yeah mallory so for fuck's sake i'm oh, not bond bond doesn't oh, swear no. does sake. and it was and if you watch till the very end the credits james bond will return right so we're gonna have a media circus for the next two years where Whoever's on Vogue will be contested as the latest James Bond. I genuinely have no idea who the hell it will be. I think it will probably be someone that is unheard of. Oh, yeah, it'd be quite interesting to go down that route. Everybody's heard of James Bond, though. That's true, actually. That is true. Fuck. It's the uh, theory out the window. <laughs> I, I watched The Matrix. Okay. I mean, well, I watched Antonio doing The Matrix as he oh, did okay, that yeah, thing yeah. for West Ham when yeah. he beats Spurs. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I haven't really had much time to watch more than the homework this week. But the midweek that we watched, Sexy Beast, was was really good. And that we talked about in an earlier pod. Mm. I took myself off to the cinema. It's two weeks in a row that I've been Gee, cinema. Oh, now I'm thinking, should I go? I... Sure, I read today this this very eve that part two has been confirmed because it okay because I have seen the, I've seen the David Lynch one which is just kind of mental. I haven't seen that and if oh. if they hadn't made part two obviously it would be completely part one that is then completely pointless so I don't think this is an official spoiler but it just ends okay they just literally say the words this is only the beginning or something like that. And then the film ends. Well, I'm glad you've told me because I fucking hate films like that. I remember going to see <laughs> Lord of the Rings or, or The Hobbit. I think it was The Hobbit. The Hobbit is for, shit, though. Like it three hours shit. long and it didn't go anywhere. And you think with about 10 minutes left, geez, they better rush through this forest now. <laughs> this is, you know, no, this is good. It's really good. Okay. It is really good. There's a lot, obviously, a lot of world building, a lot of lore to get through, and a lot of setting things up in a way. And Zendaya, who is like the darling of cinema and i saw so much publicity stuff with her she's in it for about two minutes but obviously she'll be key in the next part but you need to see i I would recommend you go and watch the david lynch one i think it might be on prime it's mental yeah and they've tried so hard to to, i think put the whole story into a long film Have you read the book? No, I've not read the book. I've, I've, it's one of those, I've got the book, yeah. I need to read it. I, I read it on holiday and really enjoyed it and then watched the, the film, which <laughs> I was only able really to enjoy because I read the book mm. and I could put the bits together 
that awful are the, the look the special effects aren't awful they're just dated. crazy they they they're very very dated now yeah, maybe yeah. using the the cutting edge technology it's models to, to, to bring in at the time would have been something still crazy and nuts, you know, you, you're right. But now it, it does look like a little bit clunky and around the edges. But um, Well, he disowned the film after he, after it was made. Did he? Did he? Yeah, he disowned it. Didn't want anything to do it after it was done because it was one of those classic film studios want this, he wants this, nothing happened. It's not really like anything else that he's made is not really like a big studio thing like that. So, yeah, doesn't surprise me really. Dan and I went on a super cute outing to the record fair oh yeah that was cool yeah so we splashed a load of cash on vinyl and then <laughs> since then i've just been obsessing about hi-fi stuff so i've been watching <laughs> hour after hour of youtube stuff about hi-fis and preamps and yes. bywiring and it's really nerdy but that's that's got in the way of a lot of film viewing and life yeah. it's absorbing but they, they had some really great soundtracks there as well it to is, movies, uh, and i'd like to build up my uh, vinyl collection i mean i've got uh good the bad and the ugly there lawrence of arabia the godfather you got me lost in translation yeah. i've got pulp fiction there and and the fantastic bait as well yeah i know uh, i've listened to the bait one it's yeah. just it's it's awesome it's fantastic, isn't it? We're and I'm so... liking the Lost in Translation cover. Yeah, it's excellent. And there's Saturday Night Fever up there as well. We, um, I think, sort of underestimated how how much the vinyl was going to be. Yeah, um, or uh, underestimated or how, how much, much money we, I needed to bring Or how me. much <laughs> we would want to spend because I picked up like three or four records. I was like, oh. oh we... And it was ca- like, fortunately, it was cash only because yeah. otherwise it would have been like card oh, tap, 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 tap. So I... I've managed to get about five or six records and I was like, because it was Saturday, Sunday, there was potential to go back and, and lose yeah. more money. Not lose <laughs> more money, say, yeah. spend more money. I, I, I didn't go back Sunday for that same reason. I'd already spent quite a bit in there on the Saturday, but all good stuff. And yeah, it did get in the way a little bit of the, the movie watching, but we did get through a, a little bit. And we also talking about top five characters. We have this week another promotion, which is incredibly exciting. This is from Academy Award-winning director Tom McCarthy. It's the mesmerising and emotionally powerful suspense film Stillwater, starring Academy Award winner Matt Damon, Camille Cotin and Abigail Breslin. Experience the edge-of-your-seat story that critics are calling brilliant. It's available now on Blu-ray, digital, and uh, has lots of exclusive bonus content. We have five copies of this to give away. And Matt Damon is Matt in Damon's it. in it, yeah, wow. which I really like Matt Damon. Yeah, so I do. we will reveal how you can acquire said copies later Through bribes on. or photos? Sexual favours, mainly. <laughs> That's normally top of the list. Yeah, so we will disclose that later on in the episode. Exciting stuff. Okay. And they're saying it's brilliant. Apparently, it's in inverted commas, brilliant. Wow. Did anyone attribute it to it? A source. (laughs) (laughs) Bisto. We do have a top five this week to discuss. This is one that could go on forever and ever. Howie, what is it? My top five this week in between. Now, before I go on, I have to excuse myself on the pod. I've just got over Ebola. I reckon it was Ebola. It wasn't COVID, it was (laughs) was Ebola. And um, I'm having to breathe like a midnight caller. Now, normally you get these. If you if you hear me breathing like this, I'm on the end of a phone at 1am telling you how much I like you. But this time around, I'm just breathing like a weirdo. So apologies. My top five is character names. And obviously, 
this gives us full license to reel off the pretty endless list of absolutely fucking <laughs> mental names that we've all come across in various films. I'm going to start off moderately with my first choice is Stacker Pentecost. Oh, it's top of my list as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Idris Elba's in Pacific Rim, where he spends most of the film getting a nosebleed and denying that he's got some form of major radiation poisoning. Stacker Pentecost. Yeah, we, what a name. It, it wasn't on the list. I have to say, none of these names... Apart from one, maybe we're on my list of the for my first and second borns. No, no, Stacker. Right, yeah. I've never heard of Stacker. Stacker. No, never heard of that as a name for. So, sorry, I stole your first one. What one are you going to have to go for then? Oh, can we just say that Pacific Rim is absolutely fucking terrible as well? My kids like it, but I'm just like I've it. not seen it. I wasn't... thought this would be great. I love this sort of thing, kaiju's and yeah. big fights, and it's fucking dreadful. The second one's dump as well. I've got. Dr. Fur and an Umelma from The Man with Two Brains. I have to say, well done for pronouncing it because I wouldn't know how the hell I look. I saw I've, that one. I was like, oh. I had to watch it. That's the scene where they introduce each other a million times because even then I'm still like, fur. <laughs> and they spell it out yeah. in the film and everything. It's just, it's the, the sort of really golden age of Steve Martin when he was like properly fucking funny. Yeah, he's now gone. He doesn't. He, he admits it. Oh, it's like just work to make money to buy art and play his uh, his banjo, banjo or ukulele. His band, his band is really good. Yeah, yeah. no, they're strong. They're Steep good. Canyon Rangers, awesome. I tell you what, I I've got a few here, but I've got a little bit of a true or false fear, if you don't mind. So I'm going to read out a couple of character names. You're going to tell me if it's actually in a film or I've, right. I've made it up. Amanda Mount. <laughs> That's false. False. False, it is false. Dirk Diggler. Boogie Nights. Yes, that one's true. Holly Golightly. James Bond. Well done. Amanda Lick. False. <laughs> it is false, yeah. A.S. <laughs> Muncher. True. No, it, it is false. No. Okay. Rhoda Hottie. Oh, true. True. No, he's false. Oh. Rhoda Hottie. But Honey Rider. True. That's Ursula Andress. Yeah, that's mm. Dr. No. Eileen Ulick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's false. Eileen Ulick, yeah, that is. Wilma Dickfit. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, I'd like it to be. Alagotta Fagina. I know it's a, a lot, lot of it's a, it's a lot of vagina. A lot of vagina. That's yes. from Austin Powers. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. International Man of Mystery. Last one. Last one, Lee Kiria. Probably false. <laughs> yes, it is. But I thought they were quite good. There's Popper Woody as well. If we wanted to do that. And uh, Wilma Fingerdo. Okay. I'll, I'm going to go to a slightly longer name next. It's from South Park. It's Petey the Sexual Harassment Panda, who genuinely believes he is a panda, brought into the school to explain why not to harass people. His presence causes the whole town to sue everybody for harassment. So to stop the suing, he changes his name to Petey the Don't Sue Panda to avert everyone versus everyone lawsuit. But yeah, so so I'm going to go with Petey the Sex... So obviously, Peter, Peter Flambard, it could be. Pete Flambard, the Sexual Harassment Panda. We'll go with that one. We're going to... I don't think any of you have seen this film, but we're going to... It's going to be our Christmas film when it comes round to it. I've already d decided that. And the film is The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, okay. yeah, you Tim have Robbins. mentioned... Yeah. And the character that I'm nominating is Sidney J. Musburger. And the way they say it, it's set in the 30s sort of era. Musburger! Uh, <laughs> play, he's played by Paul Newman. It's, it's, well, I won't say 
too much about the yeah, film. Yeah, you have mentioned us really, to watch really the film. Like yeah, really like okay, I'll look forward to that. Gaylord Fucker. 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 Gaylord Fucker. It's, it's, it's yeah. FOC, but he is Gaylord Fucker. It's, uh, it's Meet the Parents. It's Well, it's just a, a single vowel away from being a, a, a descriptive swear word, isn't it? <laughs> Gaylord's a weird one, though. It's, it, it's, like, it's well, it is a name, isn't it? It was a name, yeah. 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 It's legit. It yeah. seems such a strange one, doesn't it? To have gone from yeah. a name to... Slang for just being someone who's yeah gay, happy, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just like it's weird though to think that that's that is a name. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it does sound. Are his parents bit odd called and, something um, ridiculous as well? I need to find that out. I didn't. I didn't jot all those down, but I thought Gaylord Fokker was <laughs> was certainly fitting the description of unusual character names. I'll go for actually it was from last week's Dust Till Dawn. For purposes of the pod, this is the second attempt at me saying this name because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Satanico. Yeah. There we go. Pandemonium, played by Sam Hayek in Dust Till Dawn. Super hot. She is super dangerous. Mm. Super mental. Yeah. So she's ticking a lot of boxes for some of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> On the crazy hot <laughs> Pete, Pete's yeah. a big fan. Pete is a big fan. Yeah. So's um, Quentin Tarantino in, in his yeah, true. licking feet. Well, I've got an, another Tarantino character for you. Broomhilda von Schaft. I've got her as well, yeah. From Django oh, Unchained. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. Django's um, love. Django's love. The, the whole purpose of the whole... You know, the driving force of the movie. Tarantino confirmed in a Comic-Con panel that Broomhilda and Django are both great, great, great grandparents of John Shaft from the Shaft oh movies. God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's brilliant. Oh, my God. He ties it all together nicely, doesn't they he? They would yeah. have loved that at Comic-Con, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. The yeah. nerds would have been absolutely <laughs> squirting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Biggest? Dickest? Yeah. <laughs> Stickers, yeah. So that's Life of Brian, and we've got uh, Incontinentia Buttocks, his <laughs> wife. Um, sounds like one out of your quiz. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> so uh, we we could we could go on on why that's funny, but it just sounds funny. My next one is Kurt Russell's character in Escape from New York and then Escape from LA, which is Snake Plissken. Brilliant. You have to say it like that as well. Yeah. You do have to. You've got to like kind of whisper yeah. in a gravelly voice, haven't you? Have, have you? I tell you, have you seen both of them? No, I haven't seen LA. I haven't seen oh, Escape from Oh, Escape from New York. Watch Escape from LA. It's terrible, but right. you watch it, and it's like it's just a carry on from it. But yeah, it's worth watching. It is okay. of its time. Oh. Escape from New York is of its time. Big. Yeah, it's, you get those. You get those movie nights where you just don't really want to concentrate yeah. on something you want to be taken away and this is dystopian easy to watch. so new york is effectively a prison island that's been yeah. sealed off from the rest of civilization by a military government and snake pl- snake plissken just the kind of stuff i end up watching when i go around my sister's place because <laughs> she'll have it on yeah and he's he's been he's been charged by the authoritarian government to rescue the president's daughter who's la- crash landed on New York Island. Of course she has. It's just of course crazy. she has. <laughs> Occasionally there's a name so synonymous with the character who is a baddie that that name is then off the table forevermore. So Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one's going to call their kid no. Hannibal. We after. had this conversation because my son was talking about Hannibal as in marching the elephants, right. blah, blah, blah. And I went, yeah, Hannibal's a great name. I'd love to have called you that, but you can't. Yeah. No, it's, it's like Clarice. Adolf. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Clarice. it's, you know, it's such an iconic 
character, such a great performance by Hopkins and Brian Cox in Manhunter. And it obviously rhymes with cannibal. So, you know, mm. it's good for that as well. Yeah, Hannibal the cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. They, but they yeah, it's, it's killed that one off. Well, I've got another name that's been killed off effectively by strong characters, and it's John. John Rambo, John Matrix, John McClane. I mean, once you get the Johns going, there's <laughs> there's no end to the characters that you might choose. But I'll, I'll go for John Rambo because, well, his surname just is the film, isn't it? And it's it's a strong name. We play uh, darts here, don't we? And whenever whenever you get the, the first score, we call you John Rambo because you've got first blood. But yeah, I, I mean, lots of Johns. John Matrix is strong. John Matrix strong is name. strong. John McClane. And his, I'm sure just, there must be more Johns. I love John the intro Wayne. Of, John Wayne. of John Matrix when he's he's at home like in the woods well, and, and he's got a tree and truck. he's carrying a tree <laughs> and then he sits down and all the like wildlife comes and like sits next to him like it's a deer and like, it's fucking like ludicrous. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> It's absolutely preposterous. I'm going to go for two characters out of Austin Powers. Uh, the first is Fook Me oh, and the twin yeah. sister Fook You. you. <laughs> now, I genuinely don't think this would make the film board anymore. This film, when you watch it now, it's like Ace Ventura Pet Detective. You laugh and go, oh, I shouldn't really be laughing at that. <laughs> Cringy. Yes, yeah, yeah. and there are some cringes. You can still laugh. <laughs> are you... Re- Oh, he's supposed to love a fat bastard. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's his given name. Yeah. But at the same time, you go, yeah, it, it's amazing how quickly a phenomenally successful box office film has has completely gone age-wise. Yeah. Mm. And you look at, I mean, that was, that was the Austin Powers series are in the top. I think it was the top 10 of all gross, grossing films for, for a period of time. It was something Massive. ridiculous. Yeah. Bigger than that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, now it doesn't get airtime hardly at all. And that's a significant mm. film. I mean, it'll maybe be on ITV4 probably. Yeah. I've got one from Harry Potter. Well, there's loads of good names in Harry Potter, but I'm going for Bellatrix Lestrange. That's Helena Helen Bonham, Bonham Carter. Carter. It, J.K. Rowling used sort of the skies and whatever to to conjure up lots of names, but Bellatrix is a star in the Orion constellation. Um. So that's where the inspiration comes from. Now, when I, anything that's slightly weird, I always say, oh, I said, they're better tricks. Oh, God. <laughs> you, who's, who's seen them? You haven't seen them? No. Oh, they're so good, Dan. Right, okay. Have your kids seen it? No, I don't think so. I no. think Nelly would like Nelly it. Nelly would, yeah. Manon loves it. Right, oh, yeah. okay. They, at one point, Pretty Patel becomes the head of school. <laughs> you know who I mean as well, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Dolores. Yeah. Right, okay. I'll give it a go. Lloyd Christmas. Oh, yeah. From Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey's character. He's desperate to be with the lovely Lauren Holly, Mary Swanson. Samsonite. So it would have, yeah, Samsonite. <laughs> she would have caught, he wanted to marry her, didn't he? And, and she would have then been uh, Merry Christmas just to make that film another reason why. More they're, like they're not getting together. One in a million. Yeah. So, so you're saying I've got a chance. chance. <laughs> so many laughs. So many laughs. I need that. to pee. Just yeah. go. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> When they've been driving all day and he goes, oh, my hands are freezing. Oh, mine are a little bit clammy. I've had two <laughs> pairs of gloves on. <laughs> I'm going to go for, I couldn't leave this one out. Steven Seagal in Out for Justice, his character is Gino Fellino. 
It's fucking rubbish. He probably really means that though, yeah, as well, Jam. doesn't he? I watched a random my YouTube cool. my YouTube rabbit hole in all its glory for some reason recommended that I wanted to watch Steven Seagal doing tai- not taekwondo. It's a martial art aikido. Right. Which if you watch is utter bollocks. And about six men all attack is it like Elvis doing karate? Yeah, he's he's at full bloated weight, Steven Seagal. Amazing. And six or seven men attack him, and it's like watching rehearsed dance moves, but yeah. they hold him in absolute awe, and it's crazy. But Aikido is just ass. Sorry if anybody does. No, I'm not. It's fucking ass. But yeah, Steven Common Seagal. Common Aikido people come and yeah. smash Harry up in the street. Regal will take the first hit. Gino Fellino is my offering. Gino Fellino. Couple of quick ones. You mentioned one already. A lot of vagina, obviously the, the, the play on pussy galore, which yeah. is another crazy name when you think about it. Negasonic teenage warhead from Deadpool is <laughs> yep. fucking great. Why not? Yeah. And Imperator Furiosa from Imperator Furiosa. Oh, Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. yeah. Charlie's Theron. She's the. You think eh, she's kind of the hero, but she is yeah. Yeah. the hero of, the, of that story. It was actually a decent movie. Oh, that. it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Have you? I I slept on that for so long. I hadn't seen it, and I only watched it about eighteen months ago. Yeah, just probably blown away because it's all practical yeah. effects. Yeah, it's yeah. Fucking Have amazing. You the black and white version. No, I've, I would like to see that. Yeah, it's worth doing. Yeah. Just it looks spectacular. You need it yeah. on a big screen. Yeah. Kirk Lazarus. That's um I know who I am. I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. And of course it's Robert Downey Jr.'s um makeup. While inflammatory and controversial at first glance, uh, it it was it was kind of a commentary on the Hollywood machine as well and and all the rest of it, to which degree actors will go on to win trophies and everything. But he, he hasn't done just makeup Kurt Lazarus to, to play mm. a black fellow. He's gone full pigmentation alteration <laughs> procedure. So method actors of the world have been warned Kurt is king when it comes to going full method. Oh God, yeah, I remember that. My final two... I'm going to go for Flipper Purify, who is uh, Wesley Snipes in Jungle Fever. Flipper, wow. Flipper Purify. And finally, what I am at the minute, Breathless Mahoney. from oh, Madonna. Uh, yeah, Dick Tracy. Incidentally, I was I was watching, I did watch something else this week, No Sudden Moves, which is the Sky Movies kind of latest push. Brendan Fraser's in it. Now, I haven't seen Brendan Fraser since George, George, George of Jungle. Watch out. Yeah, there's been quite a lot of stuff online because he basically dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. He got massive and someone someone made some cruel remark about him, uh, which really knocked him and he sort of hid away because obviously he was the hunk in The Mummy. Yeah, yeah, and um, journey to the center of the but earth. He was and... he was basically patched together for those movies. He was doing so many stunts, and he was so beaten up, he was in agony. Yeah, um, but he started to make a comeback. He's in Doom Patrol, which is a series on. It's a DC sort of comic book series, uh, which he's in. Uh, I mean, he's starting to get. I think he's been cast in the next Scorsese one with Batgirl. He's been cast as the villain in <laughs> Batgirl's that. not in the new Scorsese no, no, one, <laughs> but in the villain, there's a new DC thing, and he's yeah. going to be the villain in Batgirl. I was uh, the reason it's quite cruel to say it, but the reason I thought of him when I thought of Breathless Mahoney was the the outlandish size of the villains in Dick Tracy, the comic book. You know which ones I mean, mm. like Muggles and all them. Yeah, like. they've got big kind of broad shoulders. You see Brendan Fraser now; he is enormous. Yeah, and and unfortunately, it is as a direct result of all the procedures mm. he's had to go yeah. through, which has left him absolutely crippled. Right. But he's huge, and yeah. and and he's aged like. 
that's a bit of a dichotomy because you always you always say, oh, these Hollywood stars, they try and cheat age when they overdo the plastic surgery, the fillers and stuff. And he hasn't. Hmm. And he's let himself age naturally. But my goodness me, he does. That's a film within our lifetime, and he looks like he's been through the mill. Big yeah, time. he does. He does. But, but yeah, I like him. I'd like to yeah, see him. Yeah, he, he well. comes across quite well in Sudden Move yeah. as well. But anyway, that's my last one's Breathless Mahoney and Flipper Purify. Okay. Well, I've got a couple to, to ring through here if, if I can. Shrek. Great character name. I mean, again, nobody calls their kid Shrek anymore, do they? They don't. That's done. And if you're ugly, people do go, he looks like Shrek. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a, a thing. Travis Bickle. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just a name that you remember, isn't it? It's yeah. one of those early ones that I, I stuck in my mind. The Minions, great characters. Again, kind of moved into everyday Lexicon, yeah, lexicon and and talk and Debbie from Debbie Does Dallas. I thought I'd <laughs> I'd squeeze her in and a Captain Jack Sparrow as well because you know everybody's just knows that character name. It's such a strong character. Johnny Depp's portrayal of a mad pirate. Oh well, I've got to have Maximus Decimus Meridius. Yeah, I think that's okay. that's a great one because. You know, if you're going into battle, you don't want to follow Tim or Steve. No, no, you, <laughs> you, want, to, Maximus, you want to follow Maximus. And he, he says that he recites his full name, I'm Maximus Decimus Meridius, father to a murdered son, blah, blah, blah. It's really cool. Donnie Darko is great. And we've got someone who wants to come on the pod and talk about that film. So maybe we should save our thoughts on that okay. one for later. Uh, Verbal Kent and Kaiser Soze. Pretty unique that's, names. That's from- Kaiser Soze. I mean... That's the story that villains tell their little kids about, isn't it? That's what they. Mm. That's how he, he'd say at night time. Say you better, you better not rat on your dad or Kaiser Soto. He's gonna yeah. get you. <laughs> that's such a cool movie. The Usual Suspects, really, really good. Indiana Jones. I don't Indy. hear a lot of Indy. Indianas, Indy. but that was a great name. Well, it was until my neighbour, whose surname is Jones, named his dog Indy, and so he used oh, to call really? his dog the Indiana Jones. Jones. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> And then Luke Skywalker is pretty cool. And um, this could go on and on, really. I mean, any anybody that, but I mean, a Skywalker. That's mm. that's a pretty cool, cool name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's very very good. Right, oh, Zena on a top. Oh, another, from the Bond. Yeah. Must forget her. The the leg crusher. Yeah, good yeah. One. and Bill Murray in Zombieland plays Bill Murray. <laughs> that's <a> coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, right then, let's. Uh, Whittle that down, Howie. I'm going to go for Stacker Pentecost. That's, that is strong. Dan? That is strong. I I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of conflicted, to be honest. I didn't mention Egon Spangler um, or Spengler from uh, Spangler. <laughs> is it Spangler? Spangler so probably, yeah, don't do probably why. But I, th- I think I'll probably go for Biggius Dickius from The Life of Brian. The dude Ooh. Lebowski. Oh. Got to shout it out him as well. Yeah. Mm, it's true. It's tricky. I'm going to put in Negasonic Teenage Warhead because that's a good name. <laughs> we need two more. So Riggs from the, from Beyond could maybe Riggs has got a million different nominations. Yeah. He'll, get he cr- he'll get angry if he can't put one in. Yeah. Uh, well, he shouldn't go on holiday in mid-podcast, should he? So, yeah, that and A.N. Other from uh, Beloved Audience. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so I've just spoken for 10 minutes and this fucking <laughs> bell end hasn't pressed record. This is a technical point and one that we shall not digress upon. Um, uh, I think I did- it's the, the reason for that is because there's a lack of cheese and it hasn't mm. focused my brain. But what we do have 
is a selection of snacks. We've got penguin cake bars, fudge, Cadbury's fudge cake bars, and some Madeleines, which is their correct name. Yes. Not what we have been referring to. And I, in the unrecorded part, read through... Well, I don't want to... I'm not going to do it again because it would have lost its momentum. It was a tremendous joke about penguins and how they use bicycles in a term that you could flip into icicles. And for me, because the momentum's lost, that joke's not funny anymore. Otherwise, it was an absolute barnstorm. Uh, it really went down well the yeah, first yeah, time. We, it, it, we had five minutes of guffawing. Belly people. laughs. Yeah, yeah. Belly laughs. And... Um, Anyway, I was trying to use these bribes to justify this film that I chose. I effectively have noticed throughout the pod that both Dan, Peter and myself have studiously avoided horror films, whether we don't have the stomach for it or the fact that they're just for fucking weirdos like Reeks and Sidey. Oh, I tend to avoid them. Well, you, you, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, I'll take yeah. that back. It's just the weirdo that is Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's, yeah, he, that's he, he has a catalogue that... So the week he's not here, we've all had to watch a horror. Yeah, yeah. he was very excited when. Yeah, yeah, he said, "Oh, I nearly watched this the other day, but yeah. fell asleep." Well, yeah. I wish I had too. Uh, cards on the table, but anyway, no, I, I felt, you know, am I missing out here? I, I listened to the interview. Oh, James Wood Burkett. Yeah, I listened to the uh, interview, with Mr. Burkett, and he was saying that Jimbo si- to me, Jim Barker. Right. He was saying that uh, science fiction fans kind of wait around for years for. Mm. films and follow-ups but horror film addicts they have a film every five minutes and i thought am i missing out here is this an opportunity for me to and i thought you know what amazon prime have been hammering me with the advertisements for this film and the film in question is bingo hell and i thought it's a 15 how scary can it be answer not very and i thought you know what i'll give it a try it's a short film as well yeah i thought that takes a lot of boxes it was 83 minutes something like that yeah i thought very very quick um, didn't feel enough. that way. <laughs> it <laughs> is a Bloomhouse yes production. That's what, that's another thing that I thought. Do you know what? Which which I know that Riggs is really into. So he would yeah. This be is a thing, isn't it? Disappointed. Bloomhouse. Yes. Yeah, paranormal activity. Get out. The purge. Halloween. It's it's a company that's founded by Jason Blum. B L U M. So Bloomhouse, and this is part of a whole series of films called Welcome to Bloomhouse. Howie just reeled off a load of names. So they what their their goal, their sort of MO is to make films, so get ideas, get it made, and then hopefully they'll be successful. So they've had a lot they have had a lot of success. Paranormal activity, for example, I think was made for fifteen thousand. Oh right. Okay. On, so really really is to gross thing. hundreds of millions. So they're doing okay. So this is part of the Welcome to Bloomhouse series, which is an anthological thriller horror series hmm. so developed, amazon bankrolled them to get through yeah this. it's developed and produced by bloomhouse for prime video under the amazon prime originals banner this one is part of there are eight and that james will burkett thing that you just mentioned is exactly this because like you say you might wait ages and ages for a decent sci-fi film but this series of films there's been the lie 2020 black box 2020 evil eye 2020 <laughs> nocturne wow. 2020 bingo hell 2021 and then to come there's black as night madres and the manor so, so they are churning these, these out, out quick all over a pandemic as well which yeah. means yeah, yeah, um yeah. incredible kind of production to to get all that out i haven't seen any of the others and i haven't seen many of the other ones that have been real big hits you know they did the recently the new halloween film halloween kills that's the bloom house okay. they've done that as well so they're pretty you know, big hitters this movie seems like 
just one idea and then they'd run with it yeah right okay and and see if it it hits and that's their formula yeah so the, the the opening of this film is is a man called Mario. Yes. And he has sold his bingo hall. And he's laughing. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Dancing around his living room. He starts to eat the bingo balls. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. We've had a night out. You've come home. You've got the munchies. And you think, do you know what? I need to eat. I've... I've, I've Either table tennis balls or bingo balls, one of the two. I'll have but a nice sixty-nine. Throw that in. <laughs> yeah, meal for two. Were they um, <laughs> two fat ladies? Were they all slimy, or was that something? The money was the money. money. Was the green and, slime. And this is the start of the really obvious cliches. The money was slimy, you know, yeah. and it's the that's a tick box. Um, so he dies. Quite. Does he suffocate on them? Do you think? Or do yeah, you he think suffocates he from throwing all these. All the balls in his mouth. You may have had that before. (laughs) (laughs) It was one night in in Vegas. Then we move on to, we start to meet some of the rest of the cast. So Lupita, the town is called Oak Springs. And what we we learn is that there's some gentrification going on. Much like bait in that sense, this film. I I thought that actually, (laughs) as far as the gentrification goes. But though the people that are buying up the town here aren't the the well-to-do as much as they're the hipsters yeah, and students students and things you think well how much can a town be worth that you know the poorest people in in the the community the the hipsters who never got any money and the students who never got any money are buying up the town but mm. that was the setting anyway and it seemed to be edging out a community of older yeah people. They, like you said they've got their community they've got their bingo hall and their sort of hair salon that they meet and they chat and they do that and all this is going to be is under under threat it's very run down yeah yeah and there's you you get you get a gist of the fact that it's a place that's hanging by the nails of just well they go to play another game of bingo and the the bills haven't been paid so the electricity goes off so things are not going great for them and then after the bingo hall is the batteries of sorry the electricity is gone but the next day lupita and her friends there's loads of flyers everywhere for it's under new management yeah under new yeah. management for the bingo and it's all yeah. like promising i forgot what the phrase is it's just like don't you deserve better uh winner there's big cash prizes it's very gaudy it's very in your face and the flyers are absolutely everywhere you, you yeah. deserve your dreams kind of thing yeah. they're, they're they're promoting people to you know gamble gamble but but also follow the money go for you know that's where you'll be happy once you've got that you'll be happy and and it is as you said you know very in your face all these cliches and things Mm. they're not subtle they're they're right there at the front and it the scenes when it cuts into some of the spookier scenes as we go into the 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 lighting and everything changes doesn't it it makes it and it hammed uh, it up a bit. It, it did, but I, I mean, I'm just listening now. It's on a budget. I would suggest then maybe not too much if it's anything like you, you'd you mentioned there of, you know, as, as low as 15 grand. Well, I, I can tell you, done. I can tell you right out of the gate that we have no money data on this one because it is a streaming right. thing. They don't release anything like that. So we don't know, but this looked like it was well made. Yeah, yeah, it, it well, did. Yeah, that's one of the saving graces of it is that the director was praised for... The imagery, and the just ju- ju- just the the projection of the stereotypical gaudy pink neon lights, mm. Vegas, everyone wins kind of atmosphere, 
And yeah. that's what it was like when they go eventually into this Converted, bingo hall yeah. because they all want to know what this is going to be, this new bingo hall. And we, we've obviously, Lupita is is angry that the, it's been sold by Mario in the first place and starting her own kind of investigation as, as to where he is because nobody knows where he's gone. The town are saying, look, he took the money and ran. He got out of this shithole. He's gone. But she's not happy and having already fought one time for a neighborhood which they allude to a little bit later maybe with drugs and mm. and things like bad gangs and stuff she didn't want this you know new bingo hall coming in which was very much the heart of the community the yeah. bingo hall it gave them all at one at one point they've raised 500 dollars for the hairdresser who hasn't had enough business so she can keep her doors open and everything so they're they're a real mm. community that have helped each other out and now the bingo hall's been sold and Mr. Big is is running the place. Now, now, the actor who plays Mr. Big, is he the actor that they roll out for killing Bruce Wayne's parents? Is it is he the same actor that was used for that? I think it is, you know. That's uh, why I was trying right. to work yeah. out where I'd spotted him. Maybe. That's a good I need to have a look at yeah. that. So Richard I think Brake, that well, he played be. the Night King in um, Game of Thrones. Oh, did he? Well, not, okay. not at the end of the series, but early on in the first couple of appearances, he was the Night King. He's got a horrible smile. Yeah, he's really... It's, it's a really got, wide kind of it's uneven with, yeah, teeth. But yeah, he, he, you know, plays this bingo hall Ooh, host no. owner yeah. um, who brings in bigger prizes than, than everyone else. And you, it almost goes cartoony again when the scenes come in, you know, real close-ups and, and yeah. almost, you know crazy carnival music and everything that that plays around just to give a a, a real well, we see, of it's raquel who we've seen she she's getting a bad rep she's she's awful to her kids and stuff like that she's the first winner wins you, 10 grand well but first you see the audience the rest of the gamers reaction to the screen we don't see it straight away you get their reaction they're like oh my god i can't believe it because normally like you say they're playing for you know, peanuts and, yeah. and just like silly little prizes, but this is now real money. Out? Life-changing and sums. Lupita sort of smells a rat like this is too much, you know. What um, the fuck are they doing in, in Oaks? What is it? Oaks, Oaks Springs. Oaks. So, yeah, so Raquel wins 10 grand, but we cut to our, the, the aftermath. Where I think, does she go shopping first? Or she, she goes, goes, she comes, she gets out of her car with obviously loads of shopping bags outside a motel. And she's then going to get undressed and then as the lights sort of flicker between light and dark, you you see that she's she's naked or she's certainly undressed. but she, And she's trying to take off her dress, but she's taking off her skin. She's peeling her skin. She's got great big long nails. Yeah. And behind her is Mr. Big laughing and making her hallucinate, I guess. Yeah, there's loads of manacle laughing here. Like Mario, when he was eating his ping pong balls, she's manically laughing. Yeah. Uh, and overjoyed with all the wealth that she's now got. But when it cuts to the, I don't know, reality cam. Yeah, you can see big clumps yeah. of her skin. I thought, she was, I thought she was trying to pull her collarbone out or something as yeah. well. And and again, it's just kind of a metaphor, isn't it? it? It's, you know, if you follow the money, then you're not necessarily going to be happy. You've got all this stuff, but, you know, you, you're still clawing at yourself and everything. Yeah, because her backstory is that she's lost her husband. She feels ground down by the fact she's a single mother she doesn't care for her situation. No, she she, she wasn't ready it. to be a mother. She didn't yeah. really want to be. And she's got a kid and she wanted all, where's me? Where's my time? Where's where's what I can do? Mm -hmm. Anyway, she bites it 
in the most horrible ways. And then we get a taste and a flavour, really, of, of more of the killings to come because they all come in this really kind of extreme way, don't they? And they all come in... Uh, well, L- L- Lupita finds Mario's body, first yeah. of all. Yeah. And she has that weird trippy thing where the ping pong balls are following her down the corridor. Yeah, but she does realise that she's hallucinating. And then... We just, the money has sent everybody mad, isn't it? But we I go, mean, we just go straight into like, the next death, which is the it's the geezer from the garage, isn't it? Clarence. Clarence. But the prize money has jumped up now from ten thousand. He wins a hundred thousand. So he celebrates by going back to his car. He's drinking beer, yeah. But turns out to be bleach, which I made a joke oh, about smoked. drinking bleach in the supermarket with the guy today. Anyway, no, I think it's bleach. Okay, much um, of a muchness. I don't think either are quite a tasty option. And he puts his hand. Or his whole arm yeah. into the motor and the blood just is spraying everywhere. And he's still laughing. Yeah, and, and Mr. Biggs yeah revving the is he in the is he in the car? I think yeah, he's in the car revving it. it. Yeah. So it's it's all happening very quick because like I say it is a short run time. So it's just like boom, one death, boom, Not next person, death. boom, let's go again. And and you have Lapita all the time just investigating. She's the yeah. only one. She's got a, a good friend Dolores who is it gives her a, a little bit of support, but eventually they they're all everybody goes into the bingo hall and everybody becomes a player. They get stamped with that dollar sign. Yeah. that kind of is like a devil's sign or yeah. something, isn't it? It was a weird ass film, really was. So I, I'm kind of watching this after ten minutes or so. I think you know, there's the first glance of the watch. It's just to, just to see how long's left. You know, it, it was. You could see it was a, on a budget, but really well shot and, and didn't look cheap. But because of some of the, the shots and the, the lighting and everything, you realise there wasn't a huge budget to go in into this film. But it wasn't that that bothered me. For me, it was the story wasn't quite strong enough. You know what I mean? There was, there, it was, it was probably, as you said, a load of ideas thrown down there. Well, I'd say there's only one idea really. Yeah. Well, they would have thrown a load of ideas to say, and you know, seven or eight of them, you might get one or two that stick and are are really good. They Mm. looks like they've made, you know, a a ton of films. I'm not sure they'll all be as good as the one that made hundred million from, you know, that kind of standard. This one wasn't, I felt the lot, the, the runtime maybe would have suited this idea better if because I didn't dislike the idea. You know, it, it had something about it, but it needed to be condensed right down maybe to half an hour, or an hour or something, and and having it a little bit punchier. But it, I, you know, it was. I, I felt it was. It was. We've alluded to it earlier. It was a cliched, cliched idea of money is evil, materialism yes. is bad, yeah. and you had. Just people going, oh, clearly, what annoyed me, what annoyed me was that it was rushed with a limited story frame. So it was, it felt even, even more concise and vacant in areas. The, the characters were, you only, it's because of the time frame that you have. You didn't know much about the characters. No. Lupita's character was alluded to as being a bit of an enforcer in a town mm. and, you didn't understand the remaining characters, the hairdresser, the the war veteran guy who was, was the, friends with Clarence. The grandson, I thought. Yeah, the grandson. It, that was, that was what was his mate? His yeah. ma- the, the older guy that he met who said, oh, I used to know your dad. And then he suddenly becomes this guardian angel who'll do anything for Lupita and hmm. goes to the bingo hall and, and basically faces off Mr. Big. 
yeah. and he's dead within minutes and and he's got like a drug problem and and it was just like oh, add someone else add someone else add well, someone else and as for horror other than the the scenes of gore that they show on the killings mm. there wasn't no. really a lot it didn't build the suspense i mean i've seen thrillers with more kind of felt more anxious and suspenseful yeah. for it. And it wasn't really any jump scares or anything like that. No, it, it was, was pretty just, lame in that regard. It, yes. it was yeah. pretty, it was, it was pretty lame in that regard. I, I felt. Yeah. yeah I, yeah, the, the climax of the film is they, they're trying to take on Mr. Big and in the end, when they burn, there's, there's a, a big thing full of cash. Tumblr type mm. thing. And as soon it, as yeah. they set fire to that, that's what really hurts him. You know, and it, all the sort mm. of imagery and the metaphors are really ham fisted. And yeah. it was just like, like they just had this one message that they wanted to get across and it was just too like sledgehammery for me i thought there were no i don't need stars but there were no stars necessarily and when you got a short runtime and precious little character development there was nothing really to hook me in um to say oh i know them and i like their work and i want to watch that i didn't hate it at all but it was i just found it like a bit of a nothing movie really do you know that's that's it it was a nothing movie it wasn't scary no No, you didn't learn anything from it it was the, the message that money you know if you if you give everything up and you you fuck off your family and friends for money you're not going to be happy well right yeah okay and you know mm. not telling you anything you don't really know i thought there it was looked, a couple of good perform- pretty good it did um, couple of, of good performances i like lupita i like the yeah. grandson and and as you say a little more development in around those storylines those characters you might have had something else rushed it through too long i'm I'm not quite sure what it was but it, certainly the idea was okay but needed much more i might check out one of the i'll give one of the other anthology pieces a go well it does it does kind of tempt me into thinking maybe i'd have a look and and see wh- what's which the next other one ones yeah what's have... the next one they, they can't be all the next one's called black as night okay so maybe but just it... get an idea of some some feedback on it first because I wouldn't mm. want to yeah. waste another yeah. hour on, on do you, something like do, you, do you get the feeling though that um, you know that they've obviously made a, a series of films you say an anthology of, of films on this but an hour and a half long you've got to be you know it's got to capture your attention otherwise you've got to condense that right down well, I think you, for you, like the time frame yeah. Coherence was about that I'm sure it was quite mm. a short film yeah. Bait another one we mentioned another short film yeah and because the quality of the writing is there, well, they've done is, one, haven't they? Yeah. These guys have done seven or eight in it. In I in, don't know if it's different in a year people they get into direct or quite. Right. Didn't look into it that far. I mean, the the concept of it is the you know the something going wrong in a town and it's the elderly folk in the town who fight back. I was really up for that. Mm. I thought, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, that yeah. should be really good. Could potentially be funny. Yeah, uh, depending on how they play it. And in the and end, it wasn't really, was it? It just, wasn't it very funny. It fell really flat. It was just, yeah. it didn't, it didn't really get going. It wasn't very scary. wasn't very funny. wasn't, you know, yeah. but, Still, you know, I watched it all the way through and I, I watched it in one go. I didn't have to kind of walk away from it and, and things go, what the fuck's going on? It was easy to, to follow in that regard, but I was kind of waiting for something to happen and it never did. It was one of those where I picked up my phone a few times. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that probably tells you all yeah. you need to know Get about that. Get on TikTok that. again. Yeah. Feed the addiction for uh, various <laughs> various burning and cooking videos. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, I'm afraid. No, so. No, it's bingo balls, isn't it, really? Um, it, it was bingo hell. Yeah, it was. 
Riggs, it, Riggs will probably have watched it by the time we next see him because yeah. I know he was excited. So we'll get, we'll maybe get his take on it uh, the next time we speak. But be surprised me, if it's anything different. I don't know. You think? I don't know. Oh, that would be we'll, one to we'll see. listen we'll to see. the pod for. Is this a kind of Halloween vibe that we went for? It seems like it, doesn't it? No, this is based on the fact that my son has watched all of them. Oh, okay. And he loves it. And he's how old? He's nine. Right. And it's a seven plus rated Netflix series called A Tale Dark and Grim. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's fairy tale. It is, and I was quite surprised by that and the way that they comically try to interject after each scary piece to appease probably very anxious parents (laughs) and probably, unless you're my son, bewildered children. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's like a chorus, isn't there? It's three crows that interject and they say at the start, you probably don't remember fairy tales and how dark they are. But yeah, they fucking are. Well, this is the Grimm brothers, really, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah, because the, the real Grimm, because as we all now know, the real Grimm tales are blooming grim, and they've been modified and adjusted to appease the nature for children to make it sound everything that was sweet and saccharine with an element of danger, mm-hmm. but nothing quite like what the books are, and in fact, nothing quite like these. This cartoon, which mm-hmm. bewilderingly starts off with Hansel and Gretel, yeah, getting. Oh, basically it. beheaded by their parents. Yeah, it's saying the, the story out how it used to, to be or how it was. And the three crows, one of them, he keeps insisting that. He says, we've got to tell it how it is told. We've yeah. got to tell it how yeah. it is told. And the crows themselves, one of them's a bit mad who who loves them and finds it very funny when people get their heads <laughs> chopped off. And, and the other one... So um, what was the purpose of that? I couldn't work that out. They got their heads chopped off and then... They straight parents... away stitched them back on with like magic thread or something. So I believe, therefore, it's probably got links to later on episodes yeah well because my kids have been through it i haven't actually asked them um, so it's the same it's the kids all the way through i think the kids are partially they're trying to find a better family yeah we watched i think two more straight are they in are other kids in it and and it's hansel and gretel it's the full hansel and gretel story and right and the twine does make another appearance Ah, right okay um we've We've still got a few to watch. Cards on the table, we thought this was fantastic. Um, <laughs> Nelly and I watched it. It's not often you watch a children's show where the main children are beheaded and then basically get into the home of a cannibal. Yeah. Well, th- this is it. I mean, you, you think some of these dark stories mm. and, and that's what they are. And they, they, they tell the story and cleverly they do it because it's kind of silhouettes on any gory bits so you don't see any blood you don't see anything yeah. but but they told the stories they had to cut off the finger to get in you know at one point they have to cut off gretel's finger to get it is that this episode because i did watch two or three so no, I think um, that's, I think... it might have been a, a later one but they they don't shy away from this kind of stuff mm. where and she walks around with a bandage hand and four fingers for the rest of the show you know it, they had to use oh, it to, to use her finger as a key well you, um, you've you've the essence of the story is they don't understand why their parents cut their heads off then sewed their heads back on again terrified kids yeah and so they they <laughs> escape they leave home well, and they're being pursued 
Hansel's obviously he's incredibly upset. He's crying. Yeah, it's yeah. like they don't love us anymore. anymore. Yeah, and then he's thinking maybe they never loved us to begin with. And you're like fucking hell. It's quite, yeah, I'm thinking Magnus, you don't think like this, do you? <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I get angry with you, mate, but I love you loads. And I ain't going to chop your head off. I might chop yeah. a toe off. But well, that's all I said to Noah. Yeah. So I could take a leg, but I wouldn't do the whole head. <laughs> it's just too messy. I, the, yeah. the, the, you know, I, I can't cover this up. No. Twine's expensive. Well, the, the animation, I'm trying to it's, think back, kind it, of it's copied, or... It's copied from, if you've watched uh, some of the Asterix cartoons that have been on. Right. There's an element of that in it. I thought it looked great. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It, it, really looks, looks, it looks, really it looks absolutely brilliant. But there's, I'm really just trying pops. to think of other other kind of cartoons that look like the Gruffalo, didn't they do? Yeah, it's like a bit that like that, yeah. Stuff. A bit of Axel Schieffer. Yeah. And, and so they tell the story that you think you know, but you don't, because it's not anything like you've been told before even as an adult i it was news to me hansel and gretel had their uh their heads chopped off yeah going down that. to a baker's well so they, they go they, down to the you know the, they, they go to the woods and they're pursued by wolves well, wolves yeah. to start with yeah and that's an element you got to put your kids yeah. head on unlike hansel and gretel and you have to realise that's a, quite a scary element of danger. Two children yeah. on their own at night. Hmm. They, one of them's clearly, like you said, Hansel's petrified of what's going on. Well, we watched this just before bedtime. Oh, that was a great call. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and they get pursued by wolves until they don't they, they bump into a farmer. A turnip farmer. A turnip yeah. farmer who yeah. offers them turnips. Who's got to paint a smile on his face because he's so unhappy. Was that you? episode two? Because so, they... Do eventually go back to him. Yeah. yeah. They they basically come to a crossroads and yeah. like, do we go to the baker lady who's supposed to be really nice or do we go to the turnip so, farmer who's really boring? Yeah. We're gonna get cake and stuff at the baker. So obviously they choose that and then later on they have to Later on after she's back. tried to fatten them up to And he to opens kill the door them. and he's got like paint on his face yeah. and stuff. So But they, they they approach the candy stick house and it's after a few what appears a couple of days starving. They gorge themselves on various items, which I always think is horrible. The last thing I'd want to do is gorge myself on stuff like that. I'd be fe- I'd be throwing up. It's disgusting, isn't it? And yeah. this rather round, jolly, clearly psychopathic, <laughs> uh, desperate. I suspect she collects cats, and this is before we really know what she collects. Yeah. And she launches into a whole routine of welcoming welcoming them in and feeding them and, and asking them, them what they want to eat and. The kids are gorging on food. All the time, yeah. all the time. And uh, they go upstairs to bed. They're almost, they're in a food coma. And as they're falling and drifting off to sleep, the cupboard pops open and loads of shoe, children's shoes fall out the cupboard. And one of the shoes has got a leg still stuck in it. But they're in that food coma. Yeah, they're okay. so happy. They, they're they not. Yeah, they're not not bothered, are they? They're, no, they're quite not at happy. all. They go, oh well, and they just kind of fall back to sleep. And eventually, anyway, they do realise if they stay in this house, they're going to end up. Well, um, she tricks him and puts him in the oven. Yeah, and he's like, "What's that smell?" Which is part of the story, as I I do yeah. remember, or at least you know a version of it. So. It's interesting this because, as I say, there's stories that I, you know, Hansel and Gretel, I thought I knew this story, but they've gone into yeah. the the right original Yeah, I didn't know all the, all the proper the... ins and outs of it all. The lady that does the voice of the baker is called Nicole Byer. Um, and if you look her up, she's done some really cool stuff. Okay. She's got her own podcast and she's presents a few shows on Netflix. She was also guested on um, a show that I really like called How Did This Get Made?, and some of the really, really funniest episodes of that 
it is she's on she's a comedian she's definitely worth looking into she's really funny okay well everything about this was slick and, and mm. sharp and and good i laughed a bit so did nelly we laughed together about oh i'm gonna have to turn this off now like no you're not no you're, you know um and the the crows interjected at just the right time yeah they're at, like they're going, are you still watching? What's wrong with you? Yeah. yeah Did what? you laugh? You just lost a leg, that kid or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so they would tease the viewer as well, as mm. well as mum and dad, I, I guess, watching just to, to make sure this is okay. But because of the animation and because of the voices and, and the way that the, it's been presented, I, I didn't have any worries. <laughs> they made massive violence and psychopathic culture acceptable, <laughs> especially when the baker meets her demise. Yeah, that, that's pretty bloody grim. Well, it, it is. <laughs> Hence the name. <laughs> but then they kind of go to these silhouettes again and you, you don't see anything graphically. It's just kind of shadows and, and, and big cutouts and things. But it, it leaves you... I, I did see a couple of reviews online on Common Sense Media, which is always quite good fun this one was titled a crazy who hates kids wrote this one star review this is so bad my daughter couldn't sleep thinking how a mother can eat her own baby that's so gross don't put your kids watch this stupid thing better read your kids the original stories well aren't these this yeah, is the, the original, original stories story. are if you read the original gothic stories they are hideous yeah it's looks like being flayed alive looks like stuff. the writer hates kids beheading and child murder <laughs> another one star review within the first few moments the dad a king beheads both his young children in one fell swoop then his wife the queen proceeds to attempt to sew their heads back on what the fuck most shows with this rating have some crude humor or silly mischief this show is not for young kids do not recommend <laughs> and the next one not for children one star review I could not believe what I was seeing when my little sister showed this to me. Not sure if it's the cannibalism <laughs> or the girl cutting her own finger off or the cannibal lady actually shown on screen being impaled by a candy cane. Yeah, um, that was that was a So a, that's a the sort of stuff scene. you can expect to see. Yeah. yeah, as I say, it went down a storm in our house. <laughs> we we went into episode two and then episode three, and it was only because it was it was well on for bedtime that we didn't watch more. We watched it, just me and the missus in the room. My daughter was actually sleeping out. And my missus said, is this actually for kids? I was like, yeah, I think I, I, I think I would watch this with my daughter and she'd be okay with it. I yeah. don't think she'd be terrified. Yeah, well, my daughter's it's nine, same like, age as your son. Cartoonish, and they cut away. You know, like you say, it's it's more puppetry when the things get... Like yeah. The beheading is is like it, it, they frame it and it's a silhouette sort of puppet thing that happens. And so it's... It's clearly not real, you know. It is exactly, mm. and it, but it also, you know, bad stuff happens, like you know, it's cannibalism, it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> on, but it's all done here in a friendly way. <laughs> I want to know because I, I obviously haven't watched it past episode one. The character that's chasing them, the sh the cloaked man. Yeah, I even up to episode three, but he's yeah. he's he's poised to be a, a goodie. Yeah, okay, yeah, I thought. Of that. But yeah, so I agree. I enjoyed the episode. I think it was quirky. It was cleverly pushing the boundaries for Littleies. Yeah, again, it does. To, another gate, uh, yeah, another gateway to horror. So <laughs> yeah. I've inadvertently chosen two horror gateways. Yeah. This week. I would I would recommend it. It just depends on how liberal your attitude is towards yeah the darkness and how because, delicate your child is. Yeah. That sounds really patronising. But if you've got a little child that really is scared of our things. 
It's it probably may, not for yeah, them. Yeah, it's probably not the thing for you. But at the same time, you might be surprised the interjection of the crows every every five or ten minutes to make light of it and then to do a little cheeky was it third wall break, fourth wall break, mm. whatever it is. It seems to level it out and reassures the viewer that it's a story. Yeah, it kind of teases yeah, the and viewer and that's a what, bit. And that's probably... That's probably half the 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 battle. It's yeah. just reassuring. It's it's, but you could probably see that being the parent in the room on screen. So if mm. kids are watching Netflix on their own, which yeah, mine do sometimes. Squid Game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My there's loads what, of stuff going on that's from schools, isn't there? About yeah, kids watching that. One of my friends mentioned it to me. I went out for a meal, and he said to me, "Yeah, my son's been watching Squid Game." I said. Your son's ten. He, he went. Well, what's wrong with it? I go. Have you have you have you fucking looked at Squid Game? Nah, it's it's like child games, isn't it? It's like red light, green light. And I'm like, yeah. Do you know what happens? No. <laughs> Quickly told him. He was like on the phone, phoning his wife. Get the fucking iPad off your son. <laughs> yeah. No. Would it, and and like this, probably you know, under seven. It's one of those that the rating's probably good here. It's bang on, you know? isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be maybe well mine wouldn't have been ready for this or or quite as mm. comfortable but yeah at 9 she we we geared her up a little oh you know this is a scary one it's obviously uh. a dark tale this one are you mm. sure you want to watch it and everything but you know what they're like kids when they get oh yeah yeah I do I definitely yeah. do then but did Sonny watch it? Sonny didn't. I, I think he'd enjoyed it yeah, as well, though. We'll tell him in his isolation. Yeah, that's it. He'd have plenty <laughs> of time. But yeah, it will be one to for us to complete the series on together, we, we definitely get cool, around to doing cool. that. Yeah. Nice one. So pretty solid uh, week of nominations. Just just bingo hell that maybe let us down a little bit. Yeah, kind of, we, we were just talking about it in the uh, in the interval and we've kind of been left with a nothingness, which is a weird reaction to have to a film. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst kind of reaction. I yeah, think. it's just nothing. But we do it so those out there don't may, have to. Maybe yeah, don't it's like have a public to. service announcement. It is. Isn't it? Yeah, um, don't drink yellow snow. But we also this week we have our Stillwater giveaway. So all that you have to do, it's very very easy, is to DM us with a recommendation of something for us to watch and possibly review and just throw the word Stillwater in there so we know you're you want it and you will receive a copy of. The film itself. And what's that? We've got five to give away. We've got five so copies the, to give away, the yeah. The first five. The, the first five, yeah. Be fast on the buzzers, people. Yeah, get that done. Nominations-wise, Dan, you're going to come up with something. You're going to concoct something incredible for us next yeah, week. Yeah, I, I could tell you it's Julia and the Phantoms on Netflix will be the kids, kids choice. Okay. But I'm going to get you a top five. I'm going to get you a midweek mention yeah. and... A, a main cool. movie recommendation very soon okay cool well we look forward to that all that remains is to say Sidey signing out Dan's gone have a goodbye <laughs>